Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, February 8th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. Let Tim host. Bless, how are you doing? I'm doing good now that I'm looking at you in this tight leather jacket. Look at that, oh, man. Oh, is this a brand new, pure, genuine leather bomber jacket? Oh, yeah, it is, baby. Oh, yeah. And that bless, is hot. Bless, is that a fresh new little shave up you got going on oh yeah you know i had to, I, had to, I had to clean up a bit i was i, I was at a crossroads because i was trying mm-hmm. to make the decision and i've been i feel like i've i've talked about this every week since i've i've started not shaving i've been trying to make the decision of am i going to cut off the beard am i going to keep it and this last week i was i was like okay you know what i'm going to commit for a little bit longer to keeping the beard and if that's the case i got to clean it up a little bit and, and so like, yeah i had to get a this is up. this is the best looking episode of games daily it really <laughs> is honestly Look so at take us. that for what it's worth. Who would have thought? Go up, it can only go downhill from here. Exactly. Talk about video games. Now, Tim, before we talk about video games, I want to talk about a movie real quick. Over mm. the weekend, I got bored. I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to pick a random movie from Amazon Prime to watch. Do you know what I watched on Saturday? What did A movie you called Gemini Man. <laughs> and? And? And that movie is like a, the, the most 6 out of 10 movie I've ever seen. But I, mm-hmm. still, I still enjoyed it. Like it was one of those ones where I was like, I don't mind how mediocre this movie is because it's just Will uh, like, Smith being Will Smith. Just for two so hours. you know, you would have enjoyed it a lot more had you watched the 120 frames with fucking 3D. It was phenomenal. Mm. Like visually, that movie was incredible, even with the f- weird face stuff, which I liked. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> my phone's been doing this weird thing where Spotify just randomly cuts on, and so if you hear J Cole, it's because my phone's being weird. <laughs> God, what a disaster this all is. But Gemini Man, what a great... It, Gemini Man is undeniably my favorite movie that stars Will Smith, Will Smith, and a motorcycle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The motorcycle scene in that movie, easily the easily the highlight, maybe the oh, only yeah. highlight in that movie. <laughs> but still, like, what a fantastic scene. Shout out to mm-hmm. Gemini Man. Everybody mm-hmm. go watch Gemini Man. Don't expect much, but expect a great motorcycle scene. Totally. Uh, but enough about that. Let's talk about a secret Halo game, the Nemesis system being patented, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you strap in because we got a lot of housekeeping i'll start with hitman 3 contracts that's right you can get your hitman 3 contracts featured on the game's homepage. uh hitman 3 is featuring kind of funny contracts uh me and snowback mike are making some featured contracts and we're picking three from the community to submit alongside ours to io interactive if you want to participate it's easy create a contract on the dartmoor mansion level specifically and once you're done submit the contract id to kindoffunny.com hitman we're only picking the best ones so flex those hitman muscles the deadline is the 18th so and then in case you missed it uh there's a new episode of the blessing show up right now uh star wars games past present and future it's a seven minute video detailing everything you need to know about star wars and why you should be excited about lucasfilm games uh it even has a cool little intro that you should definitely go watch 100%. that's up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and then somehow Beyond all of that, it's still a huge God. week here at Kind of Funny. Uh, tomorrow is the Bloodborne episode of PSLVU XOXO with me, Greg, Andy, uh, Tamor from GameSpot, and then Brian Altano. You know him, you love him from IGN. Then Barrett uh, is back at it like a bad habit. Uh, after releasing Zelda in review last year, Barrett immediately started working on Assassin's Creed in review, uh, kind of funny games in review special, where he played through all the 12 mainline games throughout 2020, uh, wrote his reviews for each one, ranked them, and then compiled it all into one two-hour video for your viewing pleasure. Assassin's Creed in review releases this Wednesday, February 10th at 2.30 Pacific time on YouTube.com slash games as a YouTube premiere so watch the video as it debuts and hang out and chat with barrett and other best friends to talk about everything we love about assassin's creed it doesn't stop there though wednesday 
Wednesday, the FCS, uh, FCF activities begin with our first draft. Come to twitch.tv slash games to draft our football team with Snowbike Mike and Greg. Again, Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. And then Saturday what is Wild Aces. What a stupid sentence that was. It doesn't stop there. It gets stupider because Saturday is Wild Aces game day. The fan-controlled football season starts with the Wild Aces squaring off against Quavo. That's right, Quavo of the Migos and Richard Sherman's Glacier Boys. We'll be streaming the game at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday. We're going to fuck them up. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Tim. I know like, I should be all about the Wild Aces. I know I should be like showing team spirit. I'm rooting for Quavo and Richard Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> God, we're such I, disasters. I really hope the Glacier Boys take this one. I'm such a big uh, uh, Migos what? fan. and so like You and Nick, you know, come on, man. Come on. I, they're called the Glacier Boys. You can't get cooler than that. The, the Glacier Wild Boys. Aces, dude. Nick's face is on helmets. But they're owned by Richard Sherman and, and Quavo, you okay. know? I guess that is it's true. It's like, what are you going to do we against that? We just have that? Greg Miller and us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then after the game, you can stick around for Love, Sex, and Stuff's live Valentine's Day call-in show. Uh, again, that's going down this Saturday. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Graham of Legend, David Mindtel, Trent Berry, Blackjack, Louise Aguiar, uh, James Davis, and the Nanobiologist. Today we're brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, uh, an unannounced Halo game is seemingly in development. This is from Tom Power at IGN. A new Halo game is seemingly in the works if a recent Microsoft job listing is anything to go by. The producer job posting, which has been advertised on the Microsoft Careers website since February 6th, uh, reveals that Halo series developer 343 Industries is working on a new entry in the Halo franchise. The listing states that 343i is looking to hire a producer, quote, to help develop a new project in the Halo universe, end quote, which presumably, presumably signals that the new employee would not be working on Halo Infinite. The job listing specifically asks for, for experience in shipping AAA games for the current generation, which all but rules out the idea that this Halo project would come in any form but or any form other than a game. However, the listing offers no clues about the content of the game or when it might arrive. While there's no, no confirmed information on the new project, a recent rumor could point to a potential direction. Per VG247 article in November 2020, a now-deleted post on Twitter suggested that two other games, Halo, Halo Wars 3 and a spinoff following Halo 5's Fireteam Osiris, were being planned by 343i. Tim, where do you want to start with this one? Because there's many places we can go. Uh, I mean, I think we should start with uh, the the games that they're talking about here: Halo Wars mm -hmm. Three and the Fire Team Osiris spinoff. Do, do either of those do anything for you? No, I mean, nothing Halo really does much for me because I'm I've never I've never really been the Halo person. the The one thing I will say regarding Halo that might do something for me would be a Halo Battle Royale because I mm -hmm. think I I like battle royales in general and like that would be a cool I think that would be a cool thing hearing people hearing Halo fans talk about the the potential of what a Halo battle royale could be that's like the one that that's the thing that gets me excited every single time and so other than that like Halo Wars I've seen people play it and I'm like okay cool that that looks cool if you're a Halo fan and then I don't know much about Fireteam Os Osiris and so I don't really have much I can say about that so yeah with the halo wars 3 that's the thing where halo wars 1 and 2 critically were well received and sold enough um but i i feel like i'd kind of be surprised if they were going forward with a, a halo wars 3 um although whatever that team's working on i don't think that they have too many options and i guess at the end of the day it probably makes more sense for microsoft to be pushing a halo real-time strategy game as opposed to something that doesn't have as much of a cachet to it uh as a as a franchise you know something like age of empires or whatever you know those other games that they're, they're constantly putting out as well but it's like you might as well get that halo bump right uh but i still don't necessarily i think it's a little too close to halo wars 2 came coming out which at this point was a couple years ago but still um and then the spinoff of fireteam osiris which essentially blessed was in the story of halo 5 there was a different team that uh you was kind of playing against master chief or whatever that just seems a little too spin-off and a little too late like if they were to do that i imagine it'd be closer to halo 5's release um the you know they definitely weren't the highlights of that game so 
it'd be a little shocking for them, especially when Infinite's not even out and Infinite doesn't seem like it's doing too well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be shocked if we were getting a, a spinoff to the extent and scale of what a Fireteam Osiris game would look like in my head. Yeah, I I like the idea of Microsoft coming out this generation and trying to push Halo bigger uh, and more than ever before, because I feel like the the Xbox One generation, you, you obviously had Halo 5 and you had Master Chief Collection, which has been keep, keeping the Halo name alive. But with Halo Infinite, it, they've very much been poising it as, hey, this is the Halo you know and love. This is Halo being not rebooted, but it's Halo being brought back in a way that uh, if you're a Halo fan, you're probably looking forward to. And probably if you're new to Halo, you know, we probably want to get what want to get you in also. That being combined with new Halo projects and new Halo ideas, I think could be a cool thing, right? If you want to like expand that IP and expand that br- that brand, I think that could be a smart move for Microsoft. Um, that said, like Halo, Halo Wars would probably be a safe bet, right? Because Halo Wars 1 and 2, you know, have come out and as far as i understand have been good people have enjoyed those games so Mm -hmm. there's no reason to really deviate and and stop doing those um i'm gonna bring in a question here from bj bernardo who writes in and says hi y'all do you think this new job posting gives us any idea how development for halo infinite is going does it mean it's going well what do you think this new unspecified version of halo is i'm hoping it's actually about the other team in halo 5 blue team which is that the same as fire team osiris that bj is talking about the blue team it's one or the other. I don't even I don't even remember, man. Gotcha. In a few of the books, they dive more deeper in the relationship with John and it's pretty dope. Thanks, BJ. So yeah, like what do what does this mean for Halo Infinite, you think? I honestly don't think it means anything. And I, I do think that this is more likely than not gonna turn into nothing. Like I don't think we're gonna see this game actually be announced or come out. And if anything, I I, I do imagine that it's not going to be its own standalone piece of content. Like, I think that it'll be part of infinite kind of like what you're saying. Like, I think that infinite right now needs to be all hands on deck. That game's Mm -hmm. in trouble and Microsoft cannot fuck it up. It it needs to be a a big deal and have some positive consequence for years to come. And I, you know, I have been hoping that we get some type of battle Royale mode from Halo because I love the way Halo feels. I love the vehicles in Halo. Like there's a lot of, potential fun to be had uh with the battle royale mode of some sort uh in halo infinite and i i can imagine in the same way call of duty warzone is a separate game i wouldn't be surprised if this unannounced halo game is similar to warzone also being released alongside black ops or whatever cold war or whatever you know where it's like they are very much different games but also the updates are they're kind of tied to each other in in a certain way yeah i think i honestly think that would make the most sense for what you do with halo going forward right like halo halo infinite obviously has the campaign they're 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 um uh developing developing within it the rumor i believe it's actually been confirmed right that the multiplayer is going to be free to play um and so like having creating multiple pillars for what halo is and having quote-unquote spin-off titles or something that is along along the lines of warzone to call of duty i think would be smart and would would be cool right and would do a lot to uplift and keep that brand alive Mm -hmm. so we'll have to see story number two speaking of halo 343 t teases a new place and way to play the master chief collection this is from adam bankhurst at ign 343 Industries has teased that there just might be a new place and way to play halo the master chief collection in the near future 343 revealed that uh, revealed that the news or 343 revealed the news in its latest MCC weekly development update and said that while things can change, it is trying to offer fans of this Halo collection a new way to play. While many would love to see Halo the Master Chief Collection come to Switch or PS5, this is most likely hinting that we may see we may see this game arrive on the Epic Game Store or possibly XCloud's uh, cloud gaming beta with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate on iOS and PC. The Master Chief Collection wouldn't be the first Microsoft-published game to make its way to Epic Game Store, as State of K2 Juggernaut Edition is currently available for purchase. As for cloud gaming, Microsoft did not confirm, or Microsoft did confirm uh, that Xbox's cloud gaming beta with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate would be coming to iOS devices in PC in spring 2021, so the timing could work out, even if, even if it would be a bit on the earlier side of, of, the sp- of spring. 
Uh, Master Chief Collection is already one of the games featured on cloud gaming for Android devices. Tim, a new place and way to play Halo, Master Chief Collection. It's funny because, you know, you read through that entire article and I feel like you kind of walked through all the options that it could be and it got yeah. progressively less exciting as, as it goes on, where it's just like, first off, Master Chief Collection is not already on xCloud. It's like, hmm, didn't know that. That's weird. But of course, eventually it's going to make its way there. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, the Epic Game Store, it's like, all right, cool. I guess that is a new place to play, but like not really because you're still playing it on PC where it's already currently available. It's just you're buying it from somewhere different. You know, uh, obviously, Switch or PS5 would be the crazier ones. Like, imagine if Master Chief Collection came out on PS5. Like, what? Uh, but I do not think that that will ever happen. I, I really no. think that, that that is just too far gone. Switch, though, I could totally I mean, see it happening. Yeah. Like, you know, the thing is, Microsoft and Nintendo have a different relationship than Sony and Microsoft, like uh, the last couple of years, we've seen a couple things of them playing nice in different ways. Cuphead, Ori coming to Switch, right? Uh, obviously, Badger Kazooie being in Smash, Steve being in Smash, but all of those are still different than Halo coming to Switch. You know, so I still think that like that, if that were to happen, that would be a huge move and a, a huge moment in video game history of like, oh shit, a lot more things are now possible than before. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible on the tech side, though? Because I think if if we lived in the perfect world and the Switch was on par with, let's say, Xbox One X and PS4 Pro, right, then that would probably be an easier ask. But for what the Switch is, if if I had to imagine Master Chief Collection running on Switch, it would probably be through streaming or xCloud being on Switch, which isn't outside the realm of possibility in that case, I think. Yeah, that's the thing is, I you know, we've seen Capcom... Uh do some type of streaming things before with switch games with some of the bigger resident evil games so i like resident evil 7 in japan yeah. i think so control is uh, also streamable on, on switch exactly I, I can totally see it being that type of situation um and then it probably would be like a, a limited version of the game like i don't think it would be like the entire version of the game but i don't know exactly where they would cut corners and stuff besides graphically paring it down a bit yeah I think it'd be exciting, though. Like, that was a conversation that me and uh, Greg had on the, I want to say the last episode of PS Love You. We were talking about what the future could be for game publishing on different platforms, right? Like, if you're Xbox and you want to put a Sea of Thieves on PlayStation, or if you're a PlayStation, you want to put a Bloodborne on mm -hmm. Xbox down the line, like, is that a future that we could see, our, see ourselves driving towards? And honestly, like, I think, yeah, like, I think that makes a lot of sense when you look at what the purpose of exclusives are right like you're trying to sell your platform to people you're trying to get people into your ecosystem or you're trying to sell your box to people and what could that look like if you're if, if you're microsoft and you want to get people excited for halo infinite right like if you if, if you have halo infinite on your platform specifically and you can put halo master collection on the switch for example and get more of those players into the idea of playing halo infinite that way they they make that crossover while you're still like you're you're, you're still having that thing where both parties kind of win right where switch gets to have halo on their platform but then you also get a free advertisement for infinite on on their platform like i think there's so much potential in that uh and i think that'd just be great for players in the gaming community in general and so i'd be open to it though for what this is like this specific article is talking about or what the three for three quote is talking about right a new place and way to play I think that's definitely some sort of xCloud thing. I think that's xCloud coming to iOS or xCloud coming to PC and all that stuff. Yeah. Or Master Collection coming to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Is Master Collection on Epic Games Store? I forget. Uh, but maybe it's that's not. the option too. It's no, not. No, no. So yeah, that's, maybe that's... That's what they're saying here. Yeah, so maybe that's an option also. Yeah. Boo. We'll see that. Boring. Story number three. The Nemesis system has been patented. This is from Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. As expected, Warner Brothers' application for a patent on Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor's Nemesis system has been granted. IGN reports the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office released an issue notice, which is currently offline on February 3rd, 2021, confirming the patent goes into effect on February 23rd, 2021, with an option to maintain until 2035. Warner Brothers has been trying to gain approval for this patent since March 2016, although reference to it is made as early as March 2015. 
Monolith Productions Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor came out in September 2014. The patent is dubbed Nemesis, quote, Nemesis, or Nemesis characters, Nemesis forts, social vendettas, and followers in com- computer games, end quote, and is now assigned to Warner Brothers Entertainment, Inc., According to the patent listing, the United States Patent and Trademark Office issued a final rejection in November 2019, but Warner Brothers stuck to its guns, and in October 2020, a, quote, notice of allowance was issued. This indicated Warner was able to overcome the rejections, and the USPTO believed the invention qualifies for a patent. Tim, I hate this. This is the worst. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, not great. Um, I do think that it, it, I was seeing someone was tweeting and I'm blanking right now, but they were saying like, at the end of the day, I don't think it's actually going to affect much because this is such a specific patent that any actual use of the systems in other games would be broader than this. So it wouldn't actually apply. They wouldn't own anything that other devs are really going to be implementing into their game. So, Mm -hmm. but it, it is just like, it's always just icky to hear this show. It's like, oh man, like. There's like an attempt at control here that could be bad. Yeah, like that's my my whole thing is I when it comes to patenting video video game mechanics and systems, I think that's where things get kind of icky because at the end of the day, so many of those things are ideas, and so many of those things are things that could be theoretically improved upon and iterated on and improved on. Like Shadow of Mordor in Shadow of War are games that use combat systems from other games right like that that is the arkham combat system in shadow of mordor like there's climbing from assassin's creed in shadow of mordor and Mm -hmm. so to to take the nemesis system something that that i would say is probably one of the best like video game systems to come out of games in the last generation like to take that and put a hold on it and be like all right yeah we're patenting this so if you want to use it you either gotta pay up that big money or you just gotta not use it that I, I think is upsetting. I think, on the other hand, I will say nobody's used it. Like, nobody's implemented yeah. the Nemesis system within the last generation. And it's been, what, six, seven years since we got Shadow of Mordor. And so, you know, part of me is like, were we ever really going to see people use the this system specifically? Like, the closest we've gotten are games like Watch Dogs Legion, which kind of went halfway with it and didn't go the full way. Uh, with having... With, with this like type of system. And I want to say there's probably like a few other games that I'm missing out on too. Um, but nobody's really gone all the way with it. And I think a big part of that is because the nemesis system is just a very, it's very expansive, right? Like it's a very difficult thing to actually want to implement. And so mm-hmm. even with watchdogs Legion, that game kind of goes about a similar system, but halfway because going, going full in on something like that, would just take tons of work and tons of um, tons of time. Uh, and so even though they're patenting this, I'm not, I'm 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 upset more at the principle than the actual outcome because I totally. don't think we would have seen many games actually implement this system. Yeah. Exactly. I want to bring in a question from the nanobiologist who writes in and says, Hey blessing Tim. So we found out why the Nemesis Nemesis system hasn't appeared in any other game beyond the Middle Earth series. This seems like nothing more than an overprotective company that may may be trying to get a quick buck. Do you expect WB to give up this patent after all the backlash they're receiving from industry people, or do they just not care? Finally, even if WB gives, gives up the patent, is it too late for the Nemesis system to become a staple a staple game feature that we all hoped it'd be? Has the industry moved on without hope of the Nemesis system ever being featured in a game uh, again beyond another Middle Earth game or an even further further future Batman slash Lego game? Thanks, the Nano biologist no way not a chance in hell like Mm -hmm. this is the thing with with where we're at in the world now where just because there's backlash doesn't mean that people are going to act on things like we've seen that a lot but it's not like there's a level of backlash to this like things we've seen recently like when microsoft put out the the price increase on uh xbox live like that was backlash that was like okay there's a lot here and even then i'm surprised that they acted as quickly as they did and and actually went back on that because that's that requires so many higher up people at microsoft having to have big meetings and conversations uh specifically on a a friday but uh with this i I, wb doesn't give a shit like they 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 won't care at all and like in the is it too late for the nemesis system to become a staple game feature I, I don't think it's too late, but I just think that it, we're never going to get it 
exactly like that. It's just going to be like thing iterations on the idea of it used in different games, which is totally allowed. And developers will be able to get around that without having the patent for this. I don't think it's really going to get in the way of anyone's vision for creating their game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you that the actual patent itself seems to be specific enough that we'll, if developers truly want to make something inspired by or iterative uh, of the Nemesis system, then I think we'll still see those. I think it is just a thing of, Hey, that takes a lot of, a lot of work and a and a lot of development power and planning to actually make those things paint out in game. And yeah, to the to the question of do you expect WB to give up this patent after all the backlash? Absolutely not, because the backlash that they're seeing over this is very insular. Like it is not Cyberpunk, it is not um, uh, Microsoft with the price increase for for Xbox uh, Gold, right? Like this is very much a thing where I look on Twitter and the people who are mad are very much developers or people very much in the games industry like fans and people in the community are not really giving backlash over this uh because this is such a specific insular thing that many people are not going to have eyes on and this is a thing that is already done like what's done is done you're not just going to give up a patent because you have you have the patent it probably takes a lot of work to give up a patent i imagine uh and so for this it is what it is i don't love the precedent in sets but Again, like I, I don't, in, in, in the actuality of things, I don't know how much of a ripple effect this has, at least on people using uh, or implementing similar kinds of systems. I yeah. just hope it does. My, my one thing is I hope it doesn't lead to more publishers patenting exactly. uh, mechanics and systems. Because that is the thing. Like while this isn't that big of a deal in terms of what is going to come from this specific patent, it could turn into a big deal if others start doing this as well and everything gets patented. Exactly story number four tim this is actually a, a big one that was breaking as we were getting the show started and so i like i came into the call kind of late because i was still putting this one together story number four uh the esa is planning for a digital e3 in 2021 this is from andy robinson at video games chronicle according to e3 2021 pitch documents sent to games games publishers and seen by vgc the esa has now outlined its proposals for this year's event which would see three days of live stream coverage held during the previously announced dates of june 15th through june 17th the esa's intention is to hold multiple two-hour keynote sessions from games partners an award show a june 14 preview night and other smaller streams from games publishers influencers and media partners the broadcast event would be supplemented by media previews the week before, as well as demos released on consumer platforms, according to the ESA's pr proposal. The ESA also says it will allow partner companies to remotely stream playable game demos to the media across thousands of scheduled meetings with one-to-one -one assistance from developers. Many companies have used similar on-demand streaming solutions during the pandemic to allow the, allow the media to remotely play their games for preview purposes. However, the E3 2021 plans still require the approval of ESA's membership, which is made up of the industry's, industry's biggest games companies and who have significant influence over the direction of the show. The ESA was already facing significant pressure to reinvent E3, with several major publishers, including EA, Sony, and Activision, having abandoned the event in recent years. And that was before 2020's cancellation, after which many companies such as EA and Ubisoft enjoyed success running their own digital events. E3's longtime collaborator, Jeff Keighley, who quit the show last year due to, due to disagreement over its direction, also launched the successful Summer Games Fest in 2020. Keeley confirmed to VGC over private message that the event would return this year and said he would not or said he would again not be involved with E3. And I was, I'm going to put a quick a quick note here. Just today, there was a tweet from Summer Games Fest because they updated their branding to be uh, uh, to have new colors. Basically, it's more of a blue. It's blue back, tone baby. Thing. It's back, baby. Summer it Games Fest. It starts now. Jeff Grubb, where you at? Get hype. We're already there. <laughs> the summer starts today. Uh, to continue, continue with the article. It's unclear how many publishers have signed up for E3 2021's digital event, though at least one major company VGC spoke to indicated that it would continue to run its own separate digital showcase rather than paying the six-figure sums required to join E3 2021 schedule. However, the ESA, which is funded by and serves the interest of games publishers, would argue that a unified digital games event would grab the, grab the world's attention more effectively than a series of smaller shows. In a statement, 
issued to VGC, the SA said it would soon share exact details on this year's E3 show and claimed it was having great conversations with developers and publishers, but would not confirm who had signed up for the event. Tim, a lot here. The future of E3. We got we got I a mean- glimpse. Good Lord. Yeah, here we go. I love this. Uh, the ESA, which is funded by and serves the interest of games publishers, would argue that a unified digital games event would grab the world's attention more effectively. That, yeah, no shit. Hey, guys, uh, the thing that we, we're used to doing uh, and making money off, uh, let's do it that way because that's the right way to do things. They're fucked. They're so fucked. Like, here's the thing. At the end of the day, everyone had a taste of a better way to do this. And that was last year when Ubisoft had its forwards, PlayStation had the state of plays, Nintendo, well, Nintendo didn't have a direct. Nintendo but, did Nintendo. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's like you go through, it's just like there's different ways to announce games now. And like even with with Summer Game Fest and like partnering with Keeley to make the like Activision announcements, the more one-off things that aren't like, hey, here's a whole, like the our entire library of, of games that we're announcing. It's just more like, oh, it's a Tuesday. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is a thing. Crash Bandicoot 4 is a thing. Like, you know, that type of stuff. Um, so I don't think... I, I think that it's pretty safe to say that E3 2021 is going to be severely lacking in any announcements of consequence. I don't think that it's going to be what it used to be of that's where all the press conferences are, all eyes on this, let's go. I think it's going to be pretty tame and much more similar to the E3 uh, kind of roundtable discussions that would happen on YouTube. Uh, around E3, like when E3, the show itself is going on and it's kind of like, okay, cool. Here's a deeper dive into Baldur's Gate 3 or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, or here's like a look at Netflix's new slate of mobile games, <laughs> like that type of stuff where I'm sure someone's interested, but you know, it's not the same as like, okay, so this night's Microsoft, next night's PlayStation. You know what I mean? Like that I think is, is gone um, and we'll just be devoured into this summer game mess and the the worst news of all of this is it seems like there's not a chance that this year will be more organized than last year i hope so like we we don't really get that from from this article but i would think i would think and i would hope that jeff Keeley is taking in all the feedback from le- from last year and, and is trying to get people organized granted all that or a lot of that at least is above jeff Keeley's head right like jeff Keeley can't control ubisoft and jeff Keeley can't control ea and how all these different companies choose to do their own thing but man like last year i I, last year felt like a great first attempt you know it felt like one of those ones where like this is a this is a thing that you'll get if you play battle royales especially apex where you go in the for the first few matches and you die immediately upon dropping and you're like okay cool that was a good warm-up guys this next one is the real one summer games fest definitely felt like the warm-up it definitely felt like a all right this is our first this is our first shot at this uh let's see who we can get together okay ubisoft's not interested all right well it looks like ea might be interested okay cool uh we can get these guys over here the um uh god i can't even remember the specific we'll get the in, the indie games game showcase we'll get that in okay cool mm-hmm. uh it it felt so not disorganized because it felt like it was it felt as organized as it could have been for a year that was entirely scattered for 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 what it was but at the same time it did feel like it stretched for way too long and the the hype that we have with a one week e3 in terms of announcements and events and all that stuff that stretched along uh um that stretched along a whole summer and and further than that just i don't think hit the, the way that it needed to um and so i would hope that this year there's more thought and there's more care put into like actually organizing these these events and organizing these announcements in a way that is more palpable and digestible for the community but again it's not gonna happen man i mean like like the, the, the reality is you're right it's like last year was a great foundation and it was a great glimpse at what could potentially be a better way to do this but the thing is there needs to be a ringleader there needs to be somebody that is organizing all of this Kevin Feige style making the MCU or else you get the DCEU or else you get the X-Men movies or whatever. It's just like, and that's where we're at when it comes to these announcements where the the big dogs and the little dogs need to be talking to somebody and, and making sure that they're not stepping on each other's toes and everything's fine. Cause even with this E3, this digital E3, if I remember correctly, this is the exact same week as PAX East. Oh, is year. it really? Yeah. And like, not that that really matters, especially if it's all digital, but it's like, huh? That's, also, PAX, that's, PAX East ain't happening. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that'll I don't get know. canceled. That'll uh, get canceled yeah, we'll for see. sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, but just like we're in a weird ass place with this world right now. So that's true. But I, I'm not that PAX is like the place of major announcements constantly, but like sometimes there are things. I, I just think that there's not a chance that Ubisoft and PlayStation are going to like really get on the same page about, okay, well, a state of play is on this date and then uh, yeah. Ubisoft forwards on this date. And that would be best for us. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think that last year is looked at as a failure from any of them because they look back at it like, well, we did our job of showing off our games and getting people excited for them and having them go out and buy the new consoles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, you know, you mentioned we need like a Kevin Feige to organize this whole thing. And I think you're absolutely right that if you, if you were to ask individual companies uh, and publishers, like, Hey, you know, do you see last year's success? I think you ask Ubisoft, they'd be like, yeah, no, like Ubisoft forward did great. If you ask PlayStation, they probably like the ways, uh, the way in which they're doing state of play. Uh, and if you go company by company, like individually, they're all, all, they are all probably like, yeah, no, this is good for us. Jeff Keighley is probably like, all right, there are things that I wish we could have done better. But again, like, you mentioned a Kevin Feige, like the reason why Kevin Feige is able to to or, to organize that shit the way he is is because he has ownership and he has the mm-hmm. freedom and he can he can place those chess pieces. Whereas Jeff Keighley, the chess pieces are above him. Like the, the he like he has to work from the ground up in order to make those those chess pieces fall into place. Whereas a Kevin Feige can look down and be like, "Cool, you go here, you go here. I'm gonna place you here, and this is gonna go as planned." Uh, which is the thing that's gonna make. This year, probably still messy, but fingers crossed, hopefully less messy than last year. That said, my question to you for uh, to get back to E3 is what major publishers, if any, do you think partner with the ESA and have an E3 keynote? I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't think that we're going to be getting, getting anybody that we're, we'd be used to getting press conferences for there. I can see like maybe like the PC gaming show. And that's pretty yeah. much it. You know, like I, I really have a feeling that E3 this year is going to be something that we look at. And instead of like planning out like, oh, we're going to cover all this stuff. It's going to be like, okay, cool. We're going to cover this live stream from it. Maybe this other one. And that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's going to be way more focused and niche. I, this is so clearly a last ditch effort for them to like try to hold on to whatever relevance they can. Um, and again, it's it's a, another weird world or weird year when it comes to they have to be digital, which at the end of the day is probably a great thing for them because they can save money on having to have the, the physical presence and all that stuff. And I just can't see them doing too well. And when you are losing the support of people like Jeff Keighley, it's like, well, little by little, you're, you're not going to be grasping on to much. Yeah, the thing that really spe- uh, that really sta- stands out to me in this article too is that it seems like you, if you want to partner with e- ESA and be and join E three as a publisher, you still have to pay six figures. That seems crazy to me for an event that is digital. Like you're not renting out space. You're not like you know taking up a. I guess you are taking up a time slot. Time slot, but you're not that. Pre- that is something you can do entirely on your own. You know, for uh, as, as opposed to actually partnering with the ESA to actually get that message out there. Like, if you're a Ubisoft, why would you pay that? When yeah, you can totally. just, just do mean, that yourself. Because because the ES, the, ah, the ESA is looking at it like E3 means something to people, and their people will pay that to be part of this. And it's like, let's see if that that pays off. Because yeah, I think the last couple of years it's only gotten less and less of a surefire thing that people are going to give a shit. Like, even when E3 was relevant, people were leaving. Microsoft left. EA left. <laughs> like. E3 the last couple of years was different. Like the show mm-hmm. floor felt empty or replaced with a bunch of like weird merch vendors and shit and Funko Pops everywhere. Tim, I want to tell you about our next news story. But before mm. I do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy. Chances are you use Amazon, but have you used Amazon Pharmacy yet? That's right, prescriptions delivered by, right to your door by Amazon, just like the TP and Funko Pops you're probably already ordering. It saves you time and keeps you out of the waiting line at the pharmacy. It's easy. Have your doctor's office send you your next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy. You can use your insurance. Amazon Pharmacy works with most insurance plans nationwide. Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Tim needed to uh, needed some medication over the previous holiday break. He used Amazon Pharmacy, and he says it's easy as all hell. It's true. 
Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon at Amazon.com slash GamesRx. That is A-M-A-Z-O-N dot com slash GamesRx. Amazon.com slash GamesRx. We're also brought to you by DoorDash. Uh, dinner, check. Deodorant, check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin', check. Let me tell you, I got my, uh, my Starbucks this morning, and uh, I loved it. It did. It did that. It did the job. It got me oh, awake. I got. It mine got right me now, awake, baby. Oh man, you love to see it. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash. Also, get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 20, 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to $10, up to, up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's, co- that's code GAMES2021 for games or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. DoorDash, subject to change, terms apply. Tim. Mm-hmm. It's time for story number five. Let's talk about GameStop. A GameStop film it. is in development at HBO. This is Joe Otterson at Variety. A scripted GameStop film is in development at HBO. The project hails from executive producers Andrew Ross Sorkin of TBTF Productions, Len Amato of Crash and Salvage, and Jason Bloom of Bloomhouse Television. The film is described as exploring a populist uprising of social media day traders beat Wall Street at their own game, turning the stock market upside down and shaking the financial world to its core. This is the latest on-screen project set up to detail the ongoing stock market saga around GameStop. A feature documentary was announced just yesterday, while earlier this week, a feature film adaptation from writer Mark Bull was announced with Noah Centineo uh, set to star in a major role. MGM also recently picked up the rights to author Ben Mesrick's book proposal, quote, the anti-social network, which also dives into the Wall Street fiasco. Grand Cathedral Publishing plans to publish a, publish the book in the fall. Tim, where do you, how did, this is very quick. This happened very quick. I, I, I expected this to happen. I didn't expect, expect it to happen a week later. Uh, but if it's going to happen, I did expect it to happen with Noah Centineo. Of course he's attached to this. That's just so like, okay, we need, we need a dude. Who, what dude should we get? That dude. You're like, all right, all right, cool. I guess that's happening. I'm not surprised by this at all. Every, anytime a big moment like this happens, it gets optioned for a movie. Where are all the Firefest movies? You know what I mean? We got them. The documentaries. We had two Did documentaries. No, no, the documentaries is like how we learned about all this shit. Like, there was like all like movie rights. They're like going to turn it into films and shit. And I, I didn't see any of that stuff. Maybe oh, they, they came and went. <laughs> and like, I can't we just, wait. Nobody gave a shit. And uh, I can imagine a very similar end to this story. Whenever this, the anti-social network movie comes out. Anti-social network is a great name for this movie. Shout out to whoever came out, came up with that. Ben Mesrick. Yeah. I'm, I mean, <sighs> I, I like yeah this is gonna happen <laughs> like I, I I guess I'm just shocked by how quickly the, I I'm not tuned into Hollywood right and so I don't know the process in which movies get greenlit and and scripts get written and all that shit just the swiftness of this is the is the thing that gets me I can't wait to watch it though I think it's gonna be an entertaining watch because I think there's a lot you, there's a lot you can do in movie form with the events of the last month that's true I oh we got Imran Khan Jody he's gonna I'm sure bring some fire to this what's up man. I, there should be probably no reason Game Informer is involved with a GameStop <laughs> movie. But if, if they are, and if they're going back a couple of years, I think Rahul Kohli should play me. I love it. Oh my I love God. everything about if, this. If, if they're going no, back fuck that. <laughs> as much as I love that, I say 
No, this movie is just straight up about Imran, and <laughs> Noah Centineo is playing you. <laughs> Noah Centineo's Imran would be fire. I'd be all about that. Okay. Oh my god, that's that is great though. But yeah, the, I wish, I really wish that the, the whole thing would be centered around the former and former. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a real boring ass movie. All right, fuck GameStop. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. Oh man. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, story number six, Terraria for Stadia is canceled. This is Owen S. Good at Polygon. And usually this is one of those ones that I would include for just new dates. But the story behind it, I feel like is interesting enough that it needs to be its own new story. Um, again, I'm reading from Owen over at Polygon. The co-creator of Terraria has called off development of the game for Google Stadia following a three-week stretch where he has been ex- inexplicably locked out of all of his Google accounts. Andrew Spinks gave the ultimatum early Monday after getting no response from Google since YouTube locked him out of his account in mid mid January. The lockout has has also cost Spinks access to apps he's uh, apps he's purchased on Google Stadia, uh, wiped data wiped data he stored in Google Drive, and terminated a Gmail account he used for more than fifteen years. Uh, I got his tweets that he tweeted, I guess yesterday. They go like this. This is directly from Andrew Spinks on Twitter. Well, my phone has lost access to thousands of dollars of apps on Google Play. I just bought Lord of the Rings 4K and I can't finish it. My Google Drive data is completely gone. I can't access my YouTube channel. The the worst of all is losing access to my Gmail address of over 15 years. I absolutely have have not... I absolutely have not done anything to violate your terms of service, so I can't take this no other way, or so I can take this no other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Hashtag Terraria for Google Stadia is canceled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms going forward. To continue with the article, uh, Spinks said he brought this to Google's attention around January 16th, and the company has done nothing but given me the runaround since then. Two days ago, fans noted that Terraria had gotten a rating and release date for Google Stadia from Europe's Peggy's, uh, Peggy Ratings Agency. The only official word that Terraria was in the works for the streaming platform came with Spinks cancellation announcement on Monday. Not much to like really dig into with this one. It's just a very fascinating it's story. It's weird. Yeah. What the hell, Google? Scary yeah. as shit. shit. Scary as shit. Like how much yeah. that would affect... Lots of people, Somebody, because that's what like their company's based off. You know, yeah. yeah like if totally. you get banned from Google, it's like sweet. Now I just can't do shit. You know, like I've lost yeah, all my just, all I'm my done. App- yeah, I lost all my apps. I have lost lost access <laughs> to my YouTube account. Like, similar to how, like why like why doesn't he know why? You know, how is he not being able to? Because ho- these companies a, suck. Like anytime I've been banned from platform, I never get any reason as to why. It just says you're banned. Like my guy, <laughs> yeah, but, like, we all know you, why bless. you were banned. Listen, you don't need to know why well, I was banned off of Fortnite. I'm just kidding. I wasn't banned off of Fortnite. But, like, it could happen. <laughs> You'd want to know why. And I'd want to know why. I'd want to know why. Uh, Google, free my man, Andrew Spinks. Let him get access back to his <laughs> Gmail. But that's the thing. is like, if like, uh, There are similar stories of people being banned from Facebook or whatever reason and then not being able to, be, uh, to use their Oculus Quest. And it's like, that kind of sucks, especially when you get no um, explanation or reason as to why. Yeah. And so, again, free my man, Andrew Spinks. He did nothing wrong. I actually don't know that to be the case. But if he did nothing wrong, free my man, let Terraria come to Stadia, all that good stuff. Story number seven, uh, Final Fantasy XIV Walker expansion has been announced for fall 2021. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Square Enix has announced that Final Fantasy XIV's next expansion pack, Walker, will be released in fall 2021. The new, this new expansion pack will feature two new jobs, one healer and one melee DPS, and will bring players to the moon. Endwalker to, the patch, moon. <laughs> to the moon! Endwalker in patch 6.0 will conclude the tale of Hydaelyn and Zodiac, and will bring to a close the story that began in A Realm Reborn. Beginning with patch 6.1, a brand new story will begin in the world of Final Fantasy XIV. Walker will also see the level cap raised to 90 and will feature massive new areas just waiting to be explored, including the, the imperial capital of Garlemald, Thavanair, and the city of Radzathan. Cool. I think I pronounced all that correctly. Fans of Final Fantasy X will also be happy to see the return of Anima as a new threat to face. And... His design was recreated by his original creators. Is that exa- That's exciting? That's cool. Right? Oh yeah, and it was weird, man. And it was like this weird goth summon. <laughs> it's like oh, chained yeah. up. It's creepy as fuck. 
A new high-difficulty raid, Pandemonium, will also be added alongside a new Alliance raid series that looks to reveal secrets of the world of Hydaelyn. The trust system is also getting a new ally to recruit, and this time, and this time is Heaven's Ward's Estinian Wormblood. Other additions include a new residential district known as Ishgard, updates to the Gold Saucer, an island sanctuary that looks surprisingly like Harvest Moon. Uh, you can raise animals, cultivate the earth, and learn how to live off the land, and so much more. Finally, it was revealed that Final Fantasy will officially be coming to PS5 on April 13th, 2021 in open beta. Tim, what would it take to get you into Final Fantasy 14? Does that, does that Final Fantasy 10 stuff make you at all interested? I know that's cool that they're doing that Final Fantasy. I, the MMO stuff, like that seems like way too much of a time sink for my life. I'm so happy that it is a good, as good as it is and how many people absolutely love it. What a success story out of such failure to begin with. But at this point, it's been great longer than it's been bad by yeah. years it's wild to see how many people on my timeline including my roommate Michael Hyam, who go crazy when new final fantasy 14 stuff drops like it is an event that comes out of nowhere because obviously like i'm not really i don't really care too much about when they announce like final fantasy 14 showcase and all that stuff i'm like cool good for you i'm i'm excited for how excited you are but then when it's actually when it's actually happening you look on twitter and you see people like you know natalie flores michael Hyam, and a bunch more people just going crazy and getting super yeah. excited uh and so Happy for y'all. You know, go get them. Have and fun with Entitling. I'm, I'm happy that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be by the same guys. So it's like, then maybe we'll be able to enjoy the quality in a type of game that's a bit more our speed. Exactly. Uh, our last news story for the day that is also going to double as a deal of the day, this story number eight. Epic Game Store is having a spring showcase. This is directly from the Epic Games website where they write, Join us as we take a look at some of the games launching on the Epic Games Store this year. We've curated a collection of new announcements, gameplay, and extended looks presented by developers creating the games we all love. Our Spring Showcase premieres on Twitch February 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to head over to the Epic Games Store or Epic Games Twitch channel and hit that follow button for go live notifications. The showcase the showcase sale runs February 11th at 11 a.m. Eastern to February 25th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Celebrate the showcase with uh, with us with deals on these titles and more. Uh, the deals include Star Wars Squadrons for forty percent off, Snowrunner for up to forty percent off, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven for ten percent off, Assassin's Creed Valhalla for up to twenty percent off, and Hades uh, for twenty percent off. Tim, do you expect much from this Epic Games showcase? No, but it's cool that they're doing it. I think it's yeah. just you know backing up sales and all that stuff makes yeah, sense. I I hope there's some fun surprises. I'm looking forward to checking it out. I hope it's like a, you know, a fun, almost like a, I know it's not, it's probably not going to be all indie games, but something along the lines of like an indie direct where it is, hey, these aren't, you're not, you're not going to get the next big AAA game from this, but here's some fun stuff you can look forward to and new announcements from developers you might enjoy. Uh, I hope that's the case. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah. I I'm mean, excited. Hey, the game mess begins now, February. God. Isn't it great that this is just a thing that we look forward to over the course of the whole year? The whole year. It just never ends. It's tiring. Announce games, baby. It it's is tiring. tiring. I'm excited, it, but it's tiring. You know, it's, weird, it's that weird dichotomy of like, I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to it, but at the same time, it's like, I want to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Tim, mm -hmm. very excited to see what the big announcements are from Epic Games Store Spring Showcase, but that's so far away. If yeah. I wanted it was coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yes. Out today, <laughs> yes. we got Contract Killers for Switch, Equaline for PC, Travel Fans for PC, Super Cops, Justice Keepers for iOS and Android, <laughs> and then Hardship for Android. Uh, then we have one new date for you, Maquette. It's coming to coming to PS5 and PS4 on March 2nd. That's one that I'm looking forward to. Is that first person game where where perspective is shifted and like you're like playing in a toy set, but things are big, but then like you can look down at the small toy set and rearrange it. Looks oh, really cool. Oh, that wasn't the the game that came out last year that we enjoyed so much. Super liminal. No, it's yeah. different, but it looks like it has like similar things going Whoa, on. Oh, I was like, it's weird. We never got the like playset thing that I saw in the trailer. Wow, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, that's coming out March March second. Look forward to it. I'm hyped for it also. Uh, now it is time. Actually, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go from here because I got options. 
You know what? Let's go to reader mail. We got one question and we got time for it. We got time it, for it. We have four minutes. Uh, of course, reader mail. If you're right in patreon.com, so that's kind of funny games. Get your questions read on the show. Just like Sam did. Sam writes in and says, I've seen people already getting fed up uh, of micromanaging storage on the new consoles. Switching between SSD and USB hard drives, depending on what they're act- actively playing. Do you think either Sony or Microsoft will release a version with a bigger SSD in the next couple of years? Thanks, Sam. Tim, where do we? What's the next step for this SSD situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, hundred percent. They're gonna come out with a new version with a bigger SSD once it's cheaper than it is now. Like we're still in a world where the SSDs being used in these consoles are extremely expensive and not that spacious. So once that changes and as things evolve and you know kind of just get easier to produce over time, definitely, I think that we're gonna see significant increases. I do think that it's gonna be a while, and I don't think we're gonna any time during this generation hit a point that the in s- internal uh, SSDs of the, the consoles are going to be able to hold all the games we want them to. I think that forever it's going to be some form of cloud and external and internal combination of storing our games just because games are that damn big nowadays. Yeah. The amount of times I've uninstalled and reinstalled Call of Duty at this point in the last three to four months that these console have been, consoles have been out, it's been ridiculous. And I'm at least on the Xbox side, you have expandable storage with the cards. And so they're not necessarily pressured to put out um, a version of the box with a higher SSD. That'll come eventually. I'm with you that, that that's a thing that'll eventually happen because that all that always happens. Um, but on the PlayStation side, I am shocked there hasn't been a solution yet to increase SSD storage. Um, especially like even, even, even on the Microsoft side, right? Being able to at least hold your next quote-unquote next-gen, which I guess is now current-gen games on an external hard drive and switch a very expensive external hard drive yeah like at least that's an option whereas on playstation i've already gotten to the point multiple times where i'm like okay what am i uninstalling cool i guess i'm not going to go back to miles morales soon and so i'll I'll uninstall that i guess i'm not going to get back to the um the path list soon so i guess i'll uninstall that um it's becoming more and more more and more of an issue especially as more and more multiplayer games are coming out and like i don't necessarily want to uninstall uh uh games that i'm playing online because who knows, man? Like Wars, Call of Duty, especially, is one of those ones where I get the call unexpectedly, and mm-hmm. you know, Re will call me up zone. and be like, you know, got to get in the zone or got to get in the, get into zombies. I was playing zombies last week. Game's fun, you know, and so I like to keep that installed. But mm-hmm. do you still have Fortnite? It's a bummer. What was that? What was that, Kevin? Do you still have Fortnite? I do begrudgingly though, because I think I'm kind of, I think I'm done with my current relationship with Fortnite. You know, I like, I'm gonna get back to Fortnite just... again eventually. Just to but, see, why don't you double down? You know, just to see. Just double to down see. and do what? Play a lot of Fortnite, Fortnite for this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. We'll see. There was a there was a there was a leak seemingly of a flash skin in yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. And that got me a little bit excited. And so we'll see, man. We'll see. Right now, I'm I'm thinking about uninstalling it because I I I think I'm done. Oh, but when that flash that. skin comes out, that might bring me back. <laughs> We'll see, though. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Tommy Boy wrote in with a you're wrong, mentioning uh, the Halo 5 teams. I was asking about the blue team, whether or not that's the same as Osiris. Uh, Tommy Boy helped clarify that the blue team is Master Chief Squad, and then Osiris is Locke's team. There we go. And then Ignacio Rojas says, Master Chief Collection was on the iOS xCloud beta. Uh, let's see here. Master Chief's uh, collection is on xCloud. Uh, specifically, it's not on xCloud for Apple, though, because xCloud isn't available yet on iOS. Got it. That's weird. And then last one, Nailbiologist uh, mentions that the Flash skin just got teased on the official Fortnite account Twitter page. And so, man, that might Better be the one. fast, Kev. That might be the one. Kev, are we playing Fortnite? Uh, yeah, I mean, wherever. Like, what, whatever. Like, I'm It's just whatever, dude. It's just whatever. Like, you know, man? Here's the thing. Here's, you know, the, man, thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Bless. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. There's only two people playing Call of Duty today, which means that my pedals are, like, primed and ready to go. So you say the word. I'll pull out the Switch. Blow the dust off it. Play some Fortnite on there. Now, Kevin, you know that PS Love UXOXO records now 
at noon on Mondays, and so I'm I'm gonna be busy, sadly. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I I could play with you during PSLVXXO, but I feel like people might notice that. We'll see. I might organize it. Who who knows? Uh, this week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. Tomorrow is Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday it's me and Emron. Thursday is Greg and M H Williams, who who is our Kind of Funny Spotlight for this week. And then Friday is Greg and Emron Khan for Emron's final KFGD as a part timer. And so look forward oh, to God. that. No. If if you're watching I'm live on this is like the worst thing where it's like you're so happy for him but you're also like i hate you you know yeah it's it's like that i was very I was, I was, emotions i was very sad when we first got the news that it was that he that he was leaving us you know as a part as a part-timer because i was like man i love doing my doing shows with him ron con brings yeah. a specific energy that i very much appreciate totally but man this is this isn't goodbye this is see no. you later mm-hmm if you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Snowbike Mike and Nick playing Call of Duty. Is it Kevin? Did you just confirm? Yeah, that with me? the with the game attack, I believe. So oh, with game attack for some nonsense because those kids they know how to go hard, and so do we. You know what I mean? And we know what you mean. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.